Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Yesterday, I spent the entire day reading Anita Murjani's uh, book, because um, I'm writing the forward for it, so I spent... Uh, about seven or eight hours yesterday just reading. I read every word of it and uh, sat down last night, meditated, and then wrote the foreword. Uh, so what did so you think of the book? I thought a lot of it, uh, and I thought a lot about it, and it's hard not to think about it. And it's very interesting because she talks about um, when she was in this uh, coma state, she was in a state for 24 hours. This is a woman, for those of you who haven't heard me talk about her, um, who had cancer throughout her entire body for four years, and she was just wasting away, and she just was living in a wheelchair with oxygen coming out, and, and um, was just she had she had been given 24 to 36 hours to live. Her or, her organs were all shutting down, and she went into this into this coma state and literally died. Uh, her heart was still beating, but nothing else was working, and uh, she had uh, she had an experience of. Uh, uh, being told that she could come back into this body and uh, and heal it, uh, and she had already seen that she could see into the future and so on. So her book is about what she learned uh, in that state and what uh, you know. And, and she came back, and you know, within a few months, she was uh, pretty much cancer free. And today she's totally. Listen, I was in 2006. Today she's totally cancer free. And I I had read about her and encouraged her to write her uh, to write a book. Called called the publishers at Hay House right away and said. I really want to have this uh, this woman uh, as a Hay House author. She's got a great, great message to teach us about love and about overcoming fear, and so on, and and also overcoming our fear of death, uh, because for her it was one of, one of the most blissful, peaceful experiences of her life. But what she said in there, one of the things that she said, and there were many, many things that she said, and I, and I wrote a, I wrote a, a pretty pretty nice forward for her last night, um, is that. Um, when she came back from this and she began to heal and she went outside for the first time, she hadn't been outside because she'd just been locked up in a room with, with uh, all of this lymphoma uh, throughout her entire body. Um, that she, The first time that she went outside, that the world looked different, um, that, um, that, that she would see a bush, uh, a flower or whatever, and it would, be, it would almost be like luminescent. It would uh, just, and there was a, diff, a sort of a clarity of vision that she had, um, and it's very, so I, just, I just remembered her saying that about the trees and about the birds and about everything. Everything just seemed to be be more, uh, she was seeing with a capital S, you know, just like it was not, not just seeing it with her eyes, but like really experiencing it, uh, everything in nature particularly. And so I just I just noted that as I was as I was reading it, and then this morning um, I, I I always get a massage before this show because uh, the show's on here at ten o'clock in the morning, but at seven thirty every Monday morning I have a two hour massage, and I want to walk over to get this massage. I walked outside today, and um, I don't know whether it was just reading that book or writing the forward to it or feeling such a part of it, but everything just looked luminescent to me. I mean the the uh, all of the vegetation and the uh, you know flora around this where I live here on, on Maui where, where my office is um, I never noticed it like I did th- this morning and every flower that I looked at and the trees looked different and uh, the ocean looked different the sky looked different everything just looked uh, I'm even looking out the window now and it the greens just look greener and I can uh, so um, that was I, I don't know whether I have just uh, 
whether I've just had a sort of a, a, a mental uh, reminder to, to do this, and it was just, and I was reacting to that, or um, or maybe I just got a little closer to God um, reading reading her story and and the impact that it had on her and why she felt that she came uh, why, why she came back um, it's called dying to be me and it's very interesting one of the reasons she said that she wanted to that she knew that she had to come back that she had this option to come back even into the sick 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 body of hers which was literally on and I always say I said in my forward she wasn't just at door, death's doorstep she was already into the parlor I mean she you know she had gone through the doorway through the doorstep through the doorway and she was there and um and one of the reasons that she wanted to, she was because she felt that she was uh, was to get this message out there about uh, what uh, what our true essence is, who we really are. That this physical world that we're in is really just all just an illusion. You know that, that we've been in so many bodies, all of us, from the time we were little boys and girls uh, up until this this very moment. But the, that our true essence isn't isn't these bodies at all because they just keep disappearing and changing. But our true essence is changeless and birthless and deathless. And she really needs to said if she could get that message out, if we could each and every one of us understand and trust in our own magnificence and trust in our own, uh, that and, and love ourselves, like like deeply, profoundly love ourselves, not as as pieces of God, but as God himself, as, as you know, representations of the divine energy and really know that about ourselves. If we could do that, we could clean up our relationships, we could clean up our politics, um, and we could also clean up, uh, you know, the, the, the terror and the uh, and the war and the kinds of things that uh, have just um, exemplified mankind uh, for forever. If, if enough of us could just realize that we're God beings, we're all beings of God, and that we're all connected to each other. And she had that direct, powerful experience of that and writes about it. So um, it's getting that message out, she felt, she felt was like, just really her dharma, really what she had, one of the reasons that she had to come back, if not the most important reason. And then all of the circumstances that were uh, uh, set up um, for my me to make contact with her, and um, and now I'm putting her on my public television special in October, so she'll be giving that message all over the world. Um, it was really, really quite a day, and, and just everything just looks brighter today, um, clearer, cleaner. I'm really looking forward to reading that. It just it sounds so yeah. inspirational. Just her whole story is amazing. Yes, it is. It's it's beyond amazing. It's uh, because it defies virtually everything about. You know, there have been many uh, spontaneous healings, and you know, when I say many, I mean they're rare, but there's still you know uh, recorded r- records of, of people having spontaneous healings from cancer, from heart disease, from arthritis, from uh, diabetes, and so on. Um, but there's. Um, there's never been anyone who was that far gone, who was that 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 really close to shutting down and her body, the body shutting down, to come back and have a complete and total recovery. She had lesions uh, throughout her body from uh, all of the uh, all of the different uh, medications that she had had to take and, and all of the different things that they were doing to her body, that were so bad that they said she would need plastic surgery to have them uh, healed. One was on her neck and one was on her on her uh, side and. Um, and those healed all t- too, is without without any kind of surgery whatsoever. So she had like a total body kind of healing. And I had a similar kind of thing when I had that John of God experience on April the twenty first this year. And I've uh, started to notice things 
that um, you know that are changing in my body, but they're nothing as dramatic as as what she had. Um, uh, and it's, uh, and so, so spontaneous healing is something that we can just say, well, these are miracles that happen, but spontaneous healing from almost coming back from the dead is, um, is really pretty miraculous. And this is a, this is a woman who's got a very, very, very important message, uh, to tell, to talk to all of us. It's, it's, and the message is really about overcoming our fears, uh, our fear of, uh, failing, our fear of, uh, our fear of death, our fear of disapp- uh, disappointing other people, uh, our fear that we're not good enough. Uh, these kinds of fears are just sort of placed into us when we're little little children and we, we grow up with living in all of these kinds of fears. And then we turn on the television or we, we read newspapers or you turn on the Internet and, and it's almost like it's a, it's, a, it's a fear machine, isn't it? I mean, it's just, you know, if it, if it isn't the heat and if it isn't the climate and uh, that, uh, that's, that's you know, going to destroy us or if it isn't the atomic weapons that we're accumulating, uh, it's, it's terrorists all over the planet and so on. And, uh, and we just walk around uh, just almost Im- imbibing uh, these, these uh, drinks of, uh, of fear in our lives. And uh, there's really nothing to fear. We're all just, we're all God. We're all, we're all love learning that and practicing it is a very healing thing anyway it was uh, it was quite a day yesterday I, I had set an intention yesterday morning at yoga class uh, when I went in at uh, I went to an early morning yoga class uh, Bikram yoga which I'm now doing six six days a week uh, and I was told you know a year ago with this leukemia diagnosis that uh, I couldn't do I couldn't do Bikram yoga it was too, I, I couldn't do yoga at all uh, my body wouldn't be able to handle it, and now I'm doing it six days a week and uh, and feeling stronger than ever. Uh, but I had an intention in yoga class yesterday that I was going to read this because the the book arrived uh, Friday uh, in uh, manuscript form, and I said I'm going to read the entire thing today. And I just I, my son was here, and I just he went off surfing, and I just uh, closed the whole house down and just went totally into the. Uh, into the book and then when it was over and I did this wonderful meditation the I am meditation and um, after I finished the meditation I just went into my office actually into my bedroom um, and sat and just sat down and I just this forward just poured out of me and I'm gonna call Anita a little bit later today and uh, talk to her about a couple of things I think she needs to do to tweak the book but uh, uh, also to read her the forward and uh, yeah it's, it's been an exciting time it's it's something for all of us it's something for all of us because one of the fears that we all grow up with is this fear of death as being this potential for infinite nothingness which is as as scary as it gets you know i mean it's not not a million years or a billion years but but into infinity that there is nothing um or that uh, death represents you know a place where we have to account for every mistake and every miscue and every sin that we've ever committed and there's nobody out there who hasn't got a, a ton of those going on and so there's another thing to be afraid of and uh, it's interesting when i sent my mother who's 95 a copy of anita's uh, near death experience commentary that she had on the internet which is where i first heard about it um my mother, who is accustomed, to, she lives in an assisted living center with people, many people in their 90s. Her, one of the ladies that she has breakfast with every morning is 102. Um, so she's, she gets to see death a lot. I mean, somebody will be there for, for a few months, and they'll go to sleep one night, and then they're just gone. And um, 
And I sent her this, and she has just been so much at peace ever since she uh, she read Anita's experience of... Uh, of, uh, wow, that's great. I mean, I yeah. think it's so important for people to remove that fear because it's such a natural part of life, and, and we really don't have anything to fear, I don't think. No. Well, can you imagine what life would look like without death? Right. <laughs> you know? This is just endless <laughs> eternity <laughs> going yes, on. And, and be so many people here. <laughs> and be, uh, Too much. Anyway, yeah. When so can death, you rest? You know, all that Jesus said, all that materializes dematerializes. Everything that comes into the physical world. Um, you know, will dematerialize, but that which allows it to materialize and dematerialize uh, is uh, is infinite because it has no form, and so we don't have to worry about too much room for something that doesn't need any room at all. Right, we we can all fit. So there. that was my day. And it was, uh, <laughs> That's and, pretty and again, incredible day. Said, I'm looking out the window here right now, and I'm looking at these palm trees out here, and uh, they just things just look a little different today. I, I I almost feel like I didn't just read that book. Uh, yesterday, but then I, um, I became it. You know, it, it became a part of me. It's uh, or experienced it in little, some way. Little diff- yeah, a little different. Uh, yeah, I, I, be- I. It isn't just. It wasn't just an intellectual exercise. You know, just thinking about it, but it was a. Uh, it was a spiritual experience of experiencing it. Um, because I've always said that in order to understand something intellectually, you cogitate on it, you analyze it, you tear it apart, you come up with an analysis, you come up with a synthesis, you come up with a, a sort of a formula, and you come up with a belief system. Um, but in order to understand something uh, spiritually, you have to experience it. And uh, the only way you can experience it is by putting it into your imagination and then beginning to feel it. Uh, in your body and to to assume i've often said to assume the feeling of whatever it is you're doing uh, as fulfilled feeling it in your body and i think that's what happened with that uh, with me yesterday so thank you so much i look much. forward to all namaste of you, thank you reading it. namaste and i'd like to go to line four for the next one i think this is a, an interesting call and since your new uh, program is about manifestation um, we're going to go to carol in rochester new york on line four Yay. And she has a question about that. Hi, Carol. Thanks for holding. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Very how are you? Good. Good. I am so <laughs> excited to talk to you. Are you? Really? Yes. Uh, me yes. too. <laughs> I was, it's, 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 right now it's between talking to you or staring at my vacuum cleaner. It looks like the most beautiful vacuum cleaner I've ever seen. It's shining. Oh. It almost like wants to talk to me, but I'll take you instead. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I have to tell you, my sister in Seattle introduced me to you and, you know, she sent me your books and your CDs and, you know, all this stuff. And, um, I really, I just kind of (laughs) honestly tucked it away and then something happened. I know, I know. right? My heart just went again. It's 174. Go ahead. No, but so (laughs) then I saw a really scary movie and it just, it freaked me out like within really, really deeply. I, I wouldn't even let my husband go to sleep until 2 a.m. until I fell asleep. It was so scary. And then the thing that got me through it is somehow I found these books and CDs. And then that's all I've been doing for the past year is listening to the CDs and, you know, reading your books and, you know, going through everything. And it really has gotten me out of, you know, this, <laughs> whatever was, you know, mm-hmm. in my head, it was just, it was really awesome. So now, you know, then my sister sent me the shift, the, um, you the know, the, the speech. No, the, well, I saw that, um, mm-hmm. but the the speech that you did in Maui. 
Oh, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, the six CD set on the shift. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I take that to work with me, and I listen to it because, you know, work is so stressful. It's just a bad group of people. We don't mix that well. But so it kind of gets me through the day. And then, you know, on this one section, you say a little bit of Neville. So now my sister Mm -hmm. and I, whenever we talk to each other, we're like a little bit of Neville. And we've been, you know, (laughs) we read Neville and then we Skype and we talk about it. And her and her husband have really been manifesting. They own their own business, a sheet metal business in Washington. And they are, are such good people. And they finally figured out yesterday that they're going to close their doors. So it's really sad because she's sad. And I don't want her to be sad because, you know, I am excited for her. They need to do mm-hmm. something else. They, they, right. you know, he's 63 and she's not. But, she, you know, it's just I see good things for them, but it's really hard for her. And she, she can't figure out what how she signed up for this, like how she, you know, wanted this in her life she wanted you know a prosperous business and i feel like i'm rambling but um you know that she wanted it to go on but they just have figured out that it it can't because it would it would be too costly so yeah it's like there's a there's a wonderful line that says if you want to if you want to make god laugh uh, tell her your plans you know uh, yeah uh, you know, so, so if, I mean, and and th- these changes, these these changes that take place, businesses shutting down, moving from one you know place to the other, um, yeah. you know, having a child when you weren't expecting, I don't know, any number of things that you know these changes that just show up automatically. Um, this is all, it, it's all part of the perfection of it. I just, I don't know how to get this out there to everyone. I guess because I'm now 71, I'm beginning to look back in my own yeah. life and. Uh, I just did the introduction to my book, and um, and I was talking about St. Francis. And St. Francis was like, I, I wasn't raised Catholic. I was I didn't know anything about saints. I had I didn't even know San Francisco was named after this guy. Okay, and he shows up in my he shows up in my life 25 years ago. Somebody hands me uh, uh, the prayer of St. Francis, framed beautifully. I hang it on the wall in the corridor by my five daughters' uh, uh, rooms. And I would walk by each of their rooms in this. And I must have walked by this prayer hanging there for 25 years, uh, 10,000 times if I walked by it once. Uh, all of a sudden, 10 years later, St. Francis comes into my, into my life in another way. Um, I, go to a, I go to Italy. I, I end up in Assisi. I have this miraculous experience with my wife uh, in meditation. And so I go back to Assisi again. I have a miracle that takes place. St. Francis literally heals uh, a, a, a knee that was supposed to be replaced from bone on bone, and now it's as right. healthy as, yeah. as, as my other, which I talk about in the movie. Then I go back there again just a, few, a month or so ago, and I'm lecturing there, and at the end of the lecture, something happens, and St. Francis literally enters, feels like he enters my body. I freeze, I start sobbing, and so on. And now these are all things that have happened over 10-year, 15-year, 7-year periods, uh, and, and so many other things as well. Now at the age of 71, I look back and I realize that each and every one of those events was orchestrated in order to get me to this place where I could not just intellectualize about St. Francis and his message and, and how important that technology is, that you can become an alchemist, you can convert hatred into love, you can convert sadness into joy, you can convert darkness into light. That's what the prayer is. 
And, and, and I wrote a whole book based on that prayer that St. Francis told me to write called A Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. And I look back at all of that. Then I'm in Assisi just a month ago, and I don't just talk about St. Francis. I become it. It becomes me. And a woman writes me a letter telling me that, um, you know, that she saw me as St. Francis up there. I mean, she, her vision was, and she's, wow. you know, and, and so when I, when I, and I, I say this about your sister, it's like, the, these events, as you, as you, if you can get to a place where you can get back and get a big enough vision and look at all of these things that seem to be disparate and, you know, this, how could this happen and what about that and all of that, they all are or- everything. This, this is a universe that is orchestrated by a divine intelligence, everything. I mean, these planets all work together. The sun, you know, comes up when it's supposed to. The moon shows up and it's like the, the seasons come and the rains come and, and every, it's, it's, and so do all of the people who are supposed to be there and all of the experiences to fulfill your dharma. If you just get out of the way, you know, and just allow allow it and, and just say, okay, so I'm closing down a business. Isn't this great? I wonder what the next step is. I wonder, and you can almost, you can get to a place where you can not only, uh, you, you can not only influence the future, you can change the past. I mean, Anita talked about that in her book. I was like, she literally changed the numbers that were on her, uh, uh, that told her that she was going to die with her, with her, uh, with her cancer. Uh, change those things from the past. We can do all of that because there is no past. There is no future. There's just, it's all happening now. We just don't, we can't get back far enough to realize that all of these things, that these pieces, these pieces of the puzzle that seem to be just so isolated from each other, that they're all taking place, all of them, right. including this phone call that I'm having with you right now, Carol. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and the one thing that you said in this phone call that I want to say to you, and that's why you called. But yeah. It isn't about your sister. It's about you. It's yeah. that you, it is this. You are working with a bunch of bad people, and it is not a good energy place. I want you to change that. Those people are are peace. Those people are are, are are God, just like you are. And go into your wherever it is that you're working, and yeah. and send love to every single one of them. Become that beacon of of uh, you know see. I think one of the problems that that, uh, that Christianity has in the world is that almost always the focus is on the on the uh, crucifixion, it's on the suffering, it's on the things that are wrong. You know, it's on the you know the picture of of a dead man nailed to a dead piece of wood with the thorns over his head and blood yeah. coming down his face and and, right. and and blood on his side and so on. And that and becomes the it becomes the image of Christianity. But the real image of Christianity isn't the crucifixion. It's the resurrection, that Jesus was a being of light who was just moving into a higher and higher, more peaceful, more beautiful place, transcending all of this stuff in the physical world, which is really just all an illusion. And that's what we, we are, where we ought to be focusing you know, our, our image, right. is on the resurrection, including your own resurrection, and being I, a being of light. Go right. Ahead. And when I go into work... Sorry, I, that was a rant. I, you know, that was a rant. No, a, <laughs> I, I, I try... When I drive in, I don't even listen to the radio. I just focus on, you know, it's going to be a great day, and right. I'm not going to, you know, a dirty look isn't going to get to me. And mm-hmm. then the dirty look happens, and then I'm like, ah, oh, 
you know, <laughs> you know, and then I'm not where I, I try to think, you know, I can love her. I can love her, you know, just one individual. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I can love her. And then I see her and I'm like, I get scared of her, you know. Oh, or yeah, I, but it's the dirty I look that you want to love. That's you want to yeah. look at that, at that dirty look and say, I am so glad that I don't have to give anybody any dirty looks. And isn't yeah. that beautiful that that doesn't even affect me? And when she yeah. sees that it doesn't affect you and that you're just a being of light and you extend a piece of kindness, like that first dirty look that you have, take a couple yeah. of books or take some roses in with you. And, uh, you know, take a, a dozen roses in with you tomorrow or the next day when you go to work. Literally, I'm serious. Take, yeah. And every person who gives you a dirty look, give them a rose. Just say, you know what, this is such a beautiful flower. I just want you to have this today. Try that. Uh, or a carnation yep. if you don't want to get, you know. And just, yeah. you know, for every single person who does that, um, reward them with something beautiful. Uh, you know, what? and what is more beautiful than a flower, you know. I mean, right, exactly. Try to, you know, you, you want to try try to do something. Try to make a flower from scratch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you, know just, you, know, just, you know, those are some incredible creations. Like, and, and then, you know what, you're going to turn, where, that's what St. Francis says, where there's hatred, let me bring love. Where there is yeah. sadness, let me bring joy. He doesn't say, please bring me some, you're asking, please bring me some joy around these dreadful people. Uh, what what St. Francis's prayer says, what this technology says, this alchemy says, is where there is hatred, let me bring love. And that, watch, I will convert hatred to love. And that's alchemy. That's like taking lead and turning it into gold. You know, yeah. and you can do yeah. that. You really can do that. And so can your sister. I and can. so can everybody else out there that's that's uh, that's watching. And then if enough of us do this, if enough of us do this, we're going to convert this whole planet. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, you have and, said and that it, in your lecture. It, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The one in one of them, I have like six of your mm-hmm. the, the right. live lectures. But, yeah, you were talking mm-hmm. about that. The numbers, the more numbers, the more, you know, good feelings that are out there, the more, yeah. the you know. Right, and, it, a, a person who a person who raises their consciousness to a level on the Hawk on the David Hawkins scale in Power versus Force, he talks about these uh, the Hawkins yeah. scale, uh, where it goes up to like a Christ consciousness is one thousand, and you know like evil is uh, like uh, one hundred. Uh, a person who's at three or four hundred can compensate for for several hundred thousand people who are uh, operating at lower levels. A person who's at six or seven hundred, which is where like where uh, Mother Teresa was. Uh, yeah. can compensate for, for uh, several million people who are operating at lower levels. But, he says, if one being on this planet, if just one being could operate at, at pure Christ consciousness, pure city consciousness, like just divine love, always that's all I have to give away, it could, oh, it could compensate for all of the negativity, all of the shame, all of the hatred, all of the fear, all of the terrorism, uh, just by the presence of that one being. That's how powerful our inner energy is and what we can do. And that's what your sister needs to do. But more important, I don't think you called in for your sister. I think this is about you, sweetheart. That one oh. thing was a, that those those dreadful people, those bad people, those were your words. You go back <laughs> and listen the, to the I tape. Know. I know. <laughs> those were your words. Those bad people are God. You're calling yeah. those bad the, the God. And you go in there and love them. You know. And I also say, imagine what they think of you, what they're saying about yeah. you. I you know. know. Yeah. But you know, I you know. Give, you take just take a dozen carnations or a dozen roses or or a few books or anything, and just something yeah. that you can give a piece, a crystal, anything, and just say, I just want you to have this. Especially the one who gives you the nastiest, really nastiest look. 
you just yeah. say thank you that's so wonderful i want you to have this i just and you know what i like the way your hair looks today and i really like what you're wearing today just yeah. just send send out love where you where you are and you'll convert it you will change that whole you can change i promise you if i worked where you work and you yeah. gave me one day i could go in there and convert the energy of that entire uh, place that you work just you would, by yeah. my consciousness and you can too To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.